CalCast is delivered by FedEx, our presenting sponsor. Visit FedEx.com slash e-commerce to see how FedEx helps businesses reach new customers and simplify their shipping operations every day. See how FedEx can help you grow your business and save time on shipping at FedEx.com slash e-commerce. That's FedEx.com slash e-commerce. Hello, this is Coach Cal from the CalCast. Let me thank all of you. Uh, You know, we're going to be busting on a million listens in a short period of time, and it's crazy. But, you know, what I hope is when you, you listen to us, you think it's two guys sitting down having a coffee, and you're part of the conversation, or at least you're listening to it. This week... John Wall, Jay Wall, John Wall of the Washington Wizards, number one pick in the draft, played for us at Kentucky. Um, Great stories about his time here, his relationships with the players, especially DeMarcus Cousins. And it comes at a great time. It's right after the All-Star game. Anthony Davis goes for 52, 52 And Brad and I were at the game. Brad, my son, said, Dad, are we going to the All-Star game? And I said, if you want to go, we'll go. And he said, I want to go. So we uh, uh, went down and watched it, and it was crazy. But, you know, 52, I want you to think about it. 52 in a game with all those best players in the world. Uh, You're talking craziness. Um, and here's a kid that, you know, when he played for me, he took the fourth most shots on my team. That's how unselfish he was. That's how much he wanted to win. Or it's how dumb I was. He would tell you it's the latter. Now, all of a sudden, there's a trade. And DeMarcus Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins, one of the best players at his position, is traded to the Pelicans. I talked to his mother. Well, halftime of the All-Star game, I talked to his mom. And I said, Miss Cuz, you know, if he gets traded, it's not always a bad thing. Sometimes it's a blessing in disguise. He needs another start. He needs to get going. But the thing with DeMarcus, he loved Sacramento. He was comfortable. He considered it home. And the hard thing is being traded. Now he's with Anthony who was a guy I recruited who said, I don't care what you do. I want to win. Play me however you want to play me. I'm not worried about position. I want to be on a team that wins a national title. And you know what? He did. Now, both of them are in the league on teams that needed help. And now they're on the same team. That is crazy. Now, things aren't going to change overnight, all you Pelican fans or all you Kentucky fans. It's just not going to change overnight. Alvin Gentry and I had a great conversation about those two playing, and I, and I told him, I've made it public. I mean, I think Alvin is a great offensive mind. He's one of the best. He was with Golden State and figured out how they were playing, and, and now you got to figure out two big guys. I think Anthony could play three and four, and as a four, he is a three can score it, both of them, can shoot it. That tandem is going to be crazy, but don't expect it right away. John 
in this podcast talks a lot about DeMarcus and their relationship. Um, you're talking about a young man in John Wall who came here, and one of my comments, don't leave here by yourself. Take some guys with you. I didn't expect him to take four other players, but he did. And he was in the All-Star game with DeMarcus and with Anthony. How about four of them were in the Futures game? So now you had Devin Booker, Trey Lyles, Jamal Murray, who was the MVP, and Carl Towns. So he was the MVP. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me Anthony was the MVP in the All-Star game, in the Futures game? It was Jamal Murray who had 38. And in the D-League or G-League game, both Dakari Johnson and Alex played. Amazing. So let me take a moment here and, and talk about my friends and family from Papa John's. So I've got a great story to share with you guys. Remember Hurricane Matthew that hit a few months ago? So this guy, Eric, lives in Omaha, Nebraska, and he was really concerned because he wasn't able to reach his grandmother who lives in Palm Coast, Florida. The phones were down, and he couldn't get through to the local police or fire department to check on her. So Eric who also knew his grandmother loved Papa John's pizza and might be hungry, decided to call Palm Coast, Florida, Papa John's to deliver a fresh pepperoni pizza to his grandmother with special instructions to have her call him. Papa John's team member, Lance, answered the call and not only delivered the pizza, but also connected the grandmother with her grandson on his phone. Because being a pizza family is more than making quality pizzas. It's about bringing people together. And I've known for years that Papa John's is more than just a pizza company. They're a pizza family. That's why I wanted them to be part of my podcast. They are all about quality, quality people, quality experiences, and of course, quality pizza. All of you meat lovers out there have got to check out their Ultimate Meats Pizza for a limited time, you can get a large Ultimate Meats pizza for only $11. Or use my exclusive promo code, Coach Cal, and get 25% off the regular menu price on anything when you order on the Papa John's apps or at papajohns.com. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. Well, let's get to this podcast because I think you're going to enjoy it. I think you're going to enjoy John and and how candid he is. I enjoyed spending time with him on the phone, and I think you're going to enjoy spending time with us as you sit and listen to this podcast. All right, folks, we've got a special guest, someone who had great faith in this program, had great faith in me, mother had great faith, probably the reason he came to play for me. Uh, John Wall, who I call Jay Wall. John Wall uh, came in 2010, really 2009, and really did something and dragged a group of guys. And I told him, you're not leaving here by yourself. You take guys with you. Do you remember me saying that, John? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Like it was yesterday, you said, you come here, don't leave by yourself. Make sure you take four or five guys with you and we end up making it happen. It's craziness. All right, let's do this one right off the bat. The John Wall dance. 
that magic. I mean, it was like all over the country. You did it at Midnight Madness. Do you remember all that stuff? Yeah, it was funny. It was just like going into that night. I was just so excited, uh, so amped up. All the other guys were like, don't use all your energy before you get out there and play. And uh, I was going up there. And DeMarcus was supposed to go up there and dance, but he was scared of heights. So when he got up there. Oh, he, he was, was hanging quiet. on. He was hanging yeah, he on. Was hanging on. They, they, what were you raised up in a bucket or something? There was some bucket that it was, was like, raised. It was like a stepping thing. No, it was like a little thing that I like. It was like a little stage that we was on. And it was holding us up because I remember you telling us, "Don't nobody get up in there and dance. Just keep your fundamental basics." <laughs> and when I got up there and I just seen the crowd and how amazing it was, I just started doing the dancing. And then afterwards, it's like everybody ran. We we doing commercials about it, interviews about it, and every time we played on Sports Center or ESPN or wherever, they always showed the dance. It was it was nutty. How about that team you played with, though? I mean, you played on a team with Eric Bledsoe, uh, with DeMarcus Cousins, with Patrick Patterson, uh, with Daniel Wharton you had as another freshman. You you also had uh, uh, Darius Miller, uh, DeAndre Liggins. Perry I mean, Perry Stevenson, Ramon, uh, Harris. Ramon Harris. I mean, Mark, we had a, Mark Krebs, Josh Mark Krebs. How about the Krebs effect? A, the Krebs effect. Yeah, it was a great team, and then I, I remember that time he was like, "You didn't want Walkers on the team," and then Krebs came in, and he just fit into the mix right away. It was it was a great bonding day. I mean, we all enjoyed each other, we all loved playing with each other. And I think the most important thing is uh, the the upperclassmen let us come in as freshmen and, and let us earn our respect. I mean, they didn't come in and baby us. And I think that's one thing you did when we first started practice. Uh, we, remember, all, I remember all the freshmen didn't start. Like in the starting lineup on practice, we started as a second unit, and you made us earn our spots, and I think that's what everybody appreciated the most. But I think just throughout practice and throughout the times of playing there, we earned respect of our, our upperclassmen. That was key, while we had a great successful season. How about how fast we were? How about this one? How about when if you shot a layup, it could have got blocked by three different people. Well, if you shot a layup, and we did a lot of drills, that was fun. It was competitive. <laughs> Everything we did was competitive. But I can tell you this, if you shot a layup in practice, you wasn't scoring. You had to either <laughs> dunk the ball or throw an alley-oop, and that's how athletic our team was at that time. Hey, all right, we got to talk because you know there's arguments. 2010, we'll, we'll say there's – you know, 2012, you know what Anthony says. What's Anthony say? They're the best team. Yeah, they, they won the national championship. So what are you talking about? 2015 won the first 38 – and, and they're talking their stuff. Wait a minute, 2011 went to the Final Four the year after you, after you guys all left. And 2014 went to the championship game. Um, yeah, I was at that game in Dallas. How, how do you rate? I mean, let's just talk. Where, where do you it's, think it's 2010? Funny. It's, funny. it's funny to me because we always going to have this debate no matter what. And Anthony, they're going to have the leeway because they won the national championship. But I still feel like we had the best team. I just think, like, if you go back to, like, not how guys have improved in the NBA or improved after leaving Kentucky, just what we was doing while we was in college, I feel like we have a deeper team. We just had an opportunity where we just went into a nightfall where we didn't make shots that night, and we still had a chance to win that game. But uh, we always going to have that debate about who had the best team, but I feel like we had the best team. We had two guards that was dogs, me and Eric Blake. <laughs> hey, let me say this. You you made like the all defensive team. You didn't guard anybody here. When did you start guarding yeah, people? Oh my God. Did you say are you saying you I guarded, guarded people? You guarded you made me you know what you did? You made me guard. You know what it was? I was a great on the ball defender. What you all used to kill me with and make me laugh about 
was we was in film session, you'd be like, okay, John, stand right there and watch how this, this big tractor trailer just range you over. Like, my weak side off the ball defense was probably the worst in college basketball history. But you know, you know what's funny in this? The length, the toughness, the speed. We just weren't an execution team because we hadn't been together enough. And the one thing yeah. we lacked was a consistent knockdown shooter. And when we lost, it was based on that. Solely on that. Yeah. We just couldn't make enough shots. Yeah, we started, we, we started that game 0 for 30, and our best shooter, Darnell Dotson, didn't even start to play that much that game. And when you end up putting him in like the last two or three minutes, I think that was his last game he could play, and he made the first three for us. Yeah, I mean, and it was weird. I think we were 0 for 22. I think our biggest problem, I think our biggest problem was, though, it was your first year there. But outside of that, we had a lot of guys that was used to playing under Billy Gillespie, and they kind of was still kind of nervous and shell-shocked of how freely you let us play. And they wasn't comfortable. So after our year, that year you made it to the Final Four, Brandon Knight and Josh Harrison, all those guys. Darren Miller played better. DeAndre Liggins, all those guys played a bigger role for that team. And they and they did play loose. How about this? How about Darius is like the number one wing in Europe, and DeAndre Liggins is on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Isn't that great? Yeah. I mean, you, you talk great. about that group of guys. Talk about Eric Bledsoe, because that's your point. I got to tell everybody, when we recruited Eric, there were people that said, well, are you going to recruit John Wall? And I go, yeah. Well, if you got Eric, why would you recruit John Wall? you telling me they can't play together? Well, what do you mean? If they're both our best players, they're both – on the floor together, and they'll figure it out. You and he were inseparable when you were here. Inseparable. Um, it, it was amazing because, you know what I mean, like me, I'm, I'm the type of person, Eric's the same exact way. That's why I think it worked. We both told you we didn't care who was coming. We both was coming, we was coming. If he wasn't, I was going no matter what. And when we got there, we just were so competitive and pick up. We made each other better every day. But uh, we became a brotherhood. Me and him and DeMarcus called ourselves three amigos. But Eric was great, man. You know what I mean? Just how fast talking, How fast was he? How fast? He was fast. It was, it was, it was easy. It was them there toe-to-toe. But what made it so great was he didn't back down and shy away from the competition because of who I was. And I didn't do the same because everybody was talking about it. And uh, I think the great thing is he just brought so much toughness to our team, competitive edge. And I remember when he first got there, he was like, man, I'm going to be in school for four years. I don't have a chance to leave. And look at him now. Well, you remember coming in and telling me we're halfway through the year, and you said, Coach, he, we got to help him. He could be drafted. Yeah. He could be a lottery pick. Coach, yeah. what are we going to do? You remember coming telling me that? I had to sit yeah, him down are, and say, Kid, I, are you crazy? You know how good you are? Yeah. He was so nervous that he was. He thought he was going to be in school multiple years. <laughs> but he was a big part of the reason why we made it as far as we did. And it was great to see him keep that confidence going after having to talk with you. Then he had an opportunity to reach his goals. And, He's having one of the amazing years this year. He has, what, out of his last, like, 10 games, he had three or four 40-point games. I know, and you're watching. I know the every Kentucky basketball player in the league is watching. I, I got to say this. I went to Eric, and I said, Eric, uh, how good is John Wall? He goes, Coach, he is so good. I go, how fast is he? Oh, my gosh. I said, he's that fast? He said, Coach. And I said, he's faster than you? He goes, oh, no, he's not faster than me. <laughs> and I, I bust out laughing and I said you know what we had a f- fun team talk about DeMarcus Cousins you know the kids get maligned and you know I love them well the funny thing is it was so great you know I mean I met DeMarcus when I was 14 and we kind of both said we wanted to go to the same school together so it worked out for us but you probably don't remember this we had our day remember we had it running 20 suicides in 20 minutes oh yeah the one where he took his shoes off and said my feet are on fire 
So today, coach, coach used to always do this, guys. Y'all don't understand here. When somebody do something wrong, he's like, well, I was going to give y'all the, tomorrow off, which we knew he never was. So DeMarcus <laughs> had like five suicides left. In the middle of one of his suicides, his feet started burning. Like he kicked his shoes off, went to the corner and started crying. And coach was like, see, if you would have finished these suicides, we would have gave you tomorrow off. So, you know, everybody's mad at him. But at the same time, we thinking like, only way we can beat him up is we got to jump him. <laughs> how big hey, people don't know how big he is he's big oh he's a big bear but then i got another great story for you so we're playing in indiana and coach goes to like give him a hug and Mar- then marcus jumps like he think coach is about to punch him while he's sitting on the bench during the timeout oh, he, oh man and he wanted to go in he wanted to go out i said i'm yeah. not putting you in just sit here do you remember the play he made against mississippi state where he tipped it in did you shoot the air ball yeah. No, you missed no, the free I, throw. Yeah, I, yeah, no, I know. No, air bless up, Mr. Free Throw. The ball luckily bounced out. I oh, yeah, yeah. It, it came out to line. you. I the air ball. And, air ball to three. You know, you shot a lot of air balls it. here. You shot a lot of air yeah, balls here. You still shooting sh- air balls? Nah, nah, I'm a better shooter now. <laughs> but DeMarcus <laughs> tipped it in. Remember, everybody thought we won the game. I ran down there and tackled him underneath yeah. the uh, media table. Yeah, you, you got like five of you slid under the media table. And I you laughed like heck. You know, the funny part is I have that picture in my house. Oh, it's a great one. It is a great picture. That, you know, even today for me, us not getting to the Final Four and winning that thing burns me up. That your team. You know why I think it burns us so much? We all was so, I think what hurt us was we all was so amped that we knew if we won that game, we got to play Duke the next game. <laughs> I think we were so anticipating to play. Remember, because you never got oh, up yeah. to coach against Coach oh, yeah. K. And I always wanted to play them. I always wanted to play them. Everybody said they played full-court defense. Oh, they're going to press up on the guards. We were just so amped for that game. We kind of looked past West Virginia. Well, I'll tell you this. West Virginia played great, and we couldn't make a shot. Hey, one last thing here with this. Do you remember Miami of Ohio? Yeah, my first game winner, yes. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, is, tell it. Was it your first game winner ever? No, not ever. That was the first. Remember, I remember you saying, I never seen you do this before. That was the first I never did. Game. I never did. I watched but, all those games. I've never seen you make a game winner until that point right it was there. Am- it was amazing because they they were the team. Like, we were trying to figure it out. That was the first game I really actually, actually played with the team. We were trying to figure it out. We just kept making mistakes. After- how, how about this? We're down what? Down 20? Down 18? Down 18 in the first half. First really game in a row right there. They had a point guard and another guy that was making big-time shots. So we were going to the last possession. They have the ball, and we put the switch to pick and roll. Uh, I think Neil Eric goes underneath the screen. He got his a big three. So we take the ball out fast. I just dribble all the way down the court, cross over, shoot a step back, and it makes a shot. Then I almost fouled a guy shooting a half, uh, almost a full court shot, shooting a three, almost fouled him. And then my whole body locked up with cramps. <laughs> We had some fun. We had some fun. Let, let's. I, I want to shift gears. Um, you know, I spent time recruiting you, and I was in Raleigh and learning your background and 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 spending time with your mother. Uh, I want to talk about her in a minute. She was just in town and came into the practice in a game, and I can't even imagine how many kids right now. Or 9, 10, 11. They, you, you made a statement to me that, look, coach, I had to be the man of the house at age nine. And I had to grow up fast. And I had a lot of stuff thrown at me. And I had every opportunity to go south. And I stayed the course. I mean, talk about your background. Talk about, you know, you, your father passing and what it did to you and how you had to respond and how you, look, 
kid, you were on the edge a few times. You like were on the edge yeah. of the abyss. And you yeah. said, no, no, I'm not doing it. Talk, maybe let, let's just talk about that a little bit. Um, well, it was, it was um, a very tough, you know, growing up. My dad passed away at nine from cancer. Uh, then at that point, my, my older brother had got locked up. So it was really just me and my two sisters on my mom's side, my four other sisters on my dad's side. So I basically had to kind of man in the house. And, um, it was tough. It was frustrating. I, mean, I had to learn up, learn and grow up quicker than I wanted to. And um, it was times where my mom couldn't pay the light bill just for me to go play an AAU tournament. And uh, it was like around I was 15 or 16 years old. She was like, you got two choices. Either follow in your, in your dad's footsteps or do something different where you can change everything for the family. And uh, that's when I kind of woke up and I started taking basketball a lot more serious. Understand I had the opportunity to make it uh, very far. But uh, even through that, I still had great friends around me that kept me from doing stuff. But at the same time, even when you came in, I remember you came right before you told me I needed to sign those things to commit. I had just got in trouble for breaking and entering. And you was like, yeah, you and it, was, it, it was, you say breaking and entering, you went in a house that was a closed up house and you took a girl in there and, you know, and it, it, you're trespassing and you had to break, not breaking and entering, stealing stuff. But either way, you know, you had to deal with that, and so did we. And and if you remember, I told you, if you walk the straight and narrow, you do right, that'll be behind you, and they're going to be talking about what a great kid you are. And that's what you did here. You did everything within. Yeah. And, I, and I think without without you having to come out of that talk to me and get me away from that as soon as possible, uh, something else maybe could have happened. But that's when my mom's like, it's time for you to go get away. It's perfect for you to go far away from home. And ever since then, like you said, uh if I walk a straight path, do everything the right way, people would put that past you. But I remember at, at the time, it was devastating. Every day I went to school, come back home at 7 to 8, news people was outside trying to film me, see my apartment on the news every day. I was just devastating because I felt like I let all the little kids and role models that were looking up to me down. And and But what moved you was your family? I mean, it was, look, yeah. I got to do this. My, yeah, just I think just having great friends around me, I think, you and your coaching staff and how your family took me in. Uh, my best, all my five deep friends and my close friends from back home and all my, and my teammates at Kentucky. I mean, those guys made it so much fun and me not even thinking about wanting to go back home as much. I mean, just having fun there, being around campus, that helped me understand what I had ahead of me and what I had going. So there was no way I wanted to look back. Let's take a quick time out. ZipRecruiter is the fastest way to hire great people, and my listeners get to try it for free. Look, there are lots of job sites out there. So would you rather post your job on one site and hope candidates happen to see it, or post your job on all the top sites and know great candidates will see it? It's a no-brainer. Well, with ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 200-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter all with a single click. One click to post on more than 200 job sites. It's the most efficient way for your team to find the best hire. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash Coach Cal. Join more than 1 million businesses that stop juggling calls and emails to their office and now use ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface to quickly screen candidates, rate them, and then hire the right person. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Coach Cal to try ZipRecruiter for your business for free. We got to do our blue apron. Hold on for a second. Ellen, for less than $10 per person per meal, 
Blue Apron delivers easy-to-follow recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients, courtesy of over 150 local farms, ranches, and fisheries across the United States, right to your door. Talk about that chili you made me. Chili was pretty good. That's pretty good. It's a little different. It's called spiced chicken chili. Yeah, what, what's in it? Um, it had chickpeas and currants in it. Um, and it came with a uh, pocketless pita, which you toasted and ate with it. Who toasted it? That was the only thing you did. And, I didn't cut the chicken? And you ate it. Uh, no. The chicken I did came the pita, cut though. Up. You talk too much. <laughs> it had sweet potato in it. It had some chickpeas in it. It had the chopped up chicken breast. And uh, it was pretty quick and easy to make. The uh, chicken chili blend was uh, a little bit of a curry flavor, which uh, was a little, little different, but it was very good. I thought the best part were the pita chips that did I made. Did you really? Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> that I made. They were nice and crispy. You did a really good job. Some of the meals available in February include udon noodle soup, oh yeah, with miso and soft boiled eggs. How about this? Roasted pork with apple, walnut, and farro salad. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping right to your door by going to blueapron.com slash coach. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash coach. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right, well, what, what moves you now? I mean, you got your second contract. You're going to get a third contract. Um, you're playing better. You're an all-star. I mean, what's driving you? I mean, what, what, what is it? I mean, it's not fear anymore. It's not like I got nothing. If I don't make it, I'm going to be broke. Yeah. It's not that you're not taking care of Mom looks great, by the way. A smile right. ear to ear. I love it. <laughs> when I see families, it makes me feel good. Yeah, I, I think what's driving me is I want to be great. I mean, I accomplished a lot of things in my career, but uh, I just want to be great. I want to be remembered as, as a, one of the greats, not just, oh, he was a good basketball player or a good point guard in this league. You know, I want to be great. Um, I know I want to win the NBA championship for the city of D.C., and I have a lot of things I want to accomplish. I'm nowhere near that, and um, I want to keep pushing until I get those. You know, it seems like you were here 15 years ago because it's yeah. like, I mean, you, you're right. You still got a good run left, and – you you won what nine out of ten? You guys are you started slow, and I was worried. I'm like, holy cow! Don't tell me. And then you guys are winning. You guys got a chance if everybody just keeps coming together and accepts who they are. Just be this guy. Um, everybody's going to benefit. I think your team could be a 50 win team. Am I am I wrong? No, we feel that same way. You know, I, mean, I think the good thing is. Um, everybody, when we was going through the tough time throughout our coaches and players, nobody pointed the finger. Uh, we all looked ourselves in the mirror and figured out what we could do better to help each other. And um, then everybody understands their role. We have five guys in double figures in the starting lineup. So any given night, anybody can lead us in scoring. But uh, we just out there having fun. And when you have fun, you're playing defense and moving the ball essentially. Everybody has the joy playing the game. You know, this team right now, I'm going to take a moment. Malik Monk off the ball is very similar to you. Last game was the first game that he rebounded the ball. He got eight rebounds. Here's a kid that literally puts his chin on the rim, and he had no rebounds for like three straight games. 
and, and he's playing minutes, 30, 32, 33. He's playing. Um, but they're learning. And what's happening with this team is they're learning if the ball moves, it'll come back to you. Don't hold it. If you shoot it, drive it, or get rid of it. And if you get rid of it, you can't stand because they end up being in the zone. you got to cut. There's got to be player movement, and there's got to be ball movement. And if they are spread out, then drive the ball, either shoot a layup, kick it out, and the ball movement starts there because it can't be spread out or you shoot a layup. And watching you play, i tell you what's really funny. i got to get De'Aaron Fox, and I keep telling them. They're saying he's as fast as you. What you would you think? He's pretty fast, but no, he ain't fast as me. <laughs> All right. I'm saying <laughs> you used it as a weapon. Your speed is a weapon. And it started everything. You're how do you create assist? Jerking and moving or just flying down the court, and if you don't guard me, I'm shooting a layup. And if you guard me, I'm giving him an open shot. Or I'm giving him a dunk or a drop off. Would you say? Yeah, you got 80%. Would you say 70, yes. 70% of your assists are off your speed? Yeah, 70, 80% of them, yes, totally. Okay. So I'm trying to get him, but it's hard playing that way because you got to be in great shape. You got to have a mental toughness when you're feeling it a little bit to run it down. I go to games where you're playing, and as soon as the other team releases the ball, it hasn't hit the rim yet. What's that other coach saying? Get back. Get load back. Up, load up get back. I mean, I laugh. The guy hadn't released the ball yet. Get back. And so that's the weapon I'm trying to teach De'Aaron Fox. Um, how about this one? Players that you respect. Not Kentucky players, not the Anthony Davises and all those guys. The guy, well, Let's do this one. How about retired NBA players? They don't play anymore. They Maybe you never played against them, but you were an NBA. You're a junkie. You're a basketball junkie. You follow it. You know the game. You know the stars. You know the beginnings of it. Who who would you say would be some players you really respect? And just give me why you respect them. Uh, one reason, one guy I say, is like one of my favorites all the time is Allen Iverson, just because of the meaning he brought to the game, uh, how much heart and effort he played with. Uh, he has the mindset I have. If nothing broke, he have like a little injury, a little sprained ankle, and nothing can jeopardize you later down the road. You play through it. You go out there and compete, and you play through it. And that's what I love about him. He had so much heart, and every time he fell, he got right back up. Who, any other guys, any big guys? Um, Big guys, yeah, man. Um, Shaquille O'Neal, I mean, you can say him. He was the most dominant big man I've ever seen play. Just how he made it look so effortless and easy. You know, he had fun while he played the game, and I think that's the most important thing. When you're playing the game and you're having fun, everything else comes so much easy. But when you're not having fun, it's frustrating. You get miserable at times, and you can get into a slump. All right, here's another one. Who's the toughest guard you have to guard? I, I have an idea, but you tell me. Toughest guard I have now uh, is Russell Westbrook. Before, the, before Derrick Rose injuries, though, he's probably was the toughest. What about... The kid in Boston, Isaiah. Yeah, he's very tough to guard, too. You know what I mean? Because one thing he does is he does a great job of setting you up, coming off screens. He can shoot the ball. You know, he has a knack for finishing in the paint. You know what I mean? He, no matter how small he is, he has a heart of somebody that's six, 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 seven. And you know, he's fearless. So Russell Westbrook, just because he can pull up and shoot it, and if you get too tight, he's long and can go by you, and he's physical. 
um, and he has the ultimate green light. He can shoot every ball. Yeah, that makes it tough. He has the blue light. Uh, I remember um, <laughs> um, uh, what's his name, Rick Carlisle said the other day. He said, uh, "Yeah, Isaiah Thomas has the blue light. That's a that's a light greener than the green light. So when somebody <laughs> has that type of light, it's very tough to stop." And when they could shoot any ball. All right, I just got a couple team things. What team would, that you've gone against? It could be a team that's still together or a team in the last three, four years. Defensively, just makes it really hard for you or, and your team. What team would you say? A uh, team I could say is the Milwaukee Bucks, man. They're just a team that's so long and athletic. You know what I mean? Every time you feel like you make How's a How's that kid from Greece? The kid from Greece is really, really good, huh? Yeah, he's good, but they team. They team is so long and athletic. Oh, they so long and athletic. You know, you think you got a drive lane or a pass or out you or a finish at the rim, they makes the court look so much smaller. It shrinks the court. It's been like you're playing like you know in college you can sit in the paint all day and play a three zone. Yes. That's yes. what it seems like in the NBA when you play those guys. So you gotta make jump shots. So they force you to make jump shots, they force your team to make jump shots. You're not getting to the rim. All right, how about this one? What team offensively? And 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 you you might say let's throw Golden State out. You may not say them anyway, but let's throw Golden State out. What team offensively, when you have to guard them, either run their stuff or move the ball, or who would that be? That's what I was gonna say. Golden State, and they have so many great shooters, and you have to trap the ball a lot when Steph has the ball, and they just move the ball a lot. They just keep going and free flowing. I mean, like they just moving and playing so freely out there, they make it tough to guard. All right, a couple things. I, we need to talk about this Community Assist Award. Um, you know, I've been proud of you um, because of how you were here, because of how you've stayed with the loyalty you've shown to everything about Kentucky, that you this is your home and you know it, uh, your all-star, how you've played. But I'm more proud. The proudest day was seeing you on the court emotional, talking about Maya who you t- kind of took under your wing and she passed away. Um, what you're doing in communities, what you're doing through your mother for charity. And it's great because you're making her feel like a million bucks where she's involved in it. Um, talk about the community assist award, what it meant. Uh, you know, the runner up was Anthony Davis. Are you kidding me? Two of our guys. And I mm. think, uh, I think DeMarcus was in the top 10 finishers. Um, you guys have gotten great hearts, but talk about that community assist award. Um, it was great, man. It meant a lot to, for me because uh, it shows that I'm more I care I care more about the people that's out there than just playing basketball. I mean, we are on earth to do something that we love and play the game that I love and have opportunity to get paid from. But I enjoy putting smiles on other people's faces. And like you said, having my uh, John Wall family foundation, having my mom and my sisters. And my assistants run it and be involved in it, I think that makes them even more proud. The Community Assist Award, I don't know if the listeners understand how big that is in the NBA. Like, yeah. that is the, other than the MVP, I would say players are fighting for that. I think it's so huge because, I mean, you're spending time after practice, after games, and you're just spending time out of your day, your busy schedule to go be involved. And I think that's the most important thing. A lot of people do stuff but they don't like to be there and be present to get their time. Uh, if I'm going to do something and commit to it, I want to be there present and get my individual time, not just say, oh, I got a camp, I'm going to show up in 30 minutes. Now, if I got a camp in the six hours, I need to be there for six hours. 
Yeah, I, I go to your game. You you were there the night before, which is crazy in Raleigh. You had your tournament, and mom was there. Your sis was there, and they said John was here yesterday. I'm like, what are you talking about? What'd you do? Practice? Get in a plane and go down and and go to the tournament? I, I practiced. I practiced. I practiced. Then I came down for the tournament. Then I had to get right back the same night because we had a game the next day. Unbelievable. I mean, it's it's who you are, kid. And you know what? Don't ever lose that. Another guy that you've become friends with is the same way. And I always tell him, he is the same guy I met eight years ago. He's become an icon at a young age. He's 30, is our boy, Drake. Um, yeah. Let me ask you, last thing, and we're, we're, I really appreciate this. And, you know, I love talking to you and hanging out with you and, and not really hanging out with you, but I love talking to you. But let me, <laughs> let me say this. What advice would you give my current players? Uh, I know you tell all my point guards, they think about coming with me. They call you and you say, can you get your own shot? Because if you can't get your own shot as a point guard, he ain't running a whole lot of stuff for you. What you I tell, get- what I tell, <laughs> the funny thing is what I tell people, that if you can't create your own shot, you don't need to go play for him because he's going to let you know. He's going to tell you, come have a seat right beside him. <laughs> what, what advice, though? Getting through this year, like we went through exactly what we went through in 2010 when other teams figured out the only way to stop Kentucky is run back, get in the lane, and get three guys around John Wall and either make him pull it up or give it to somebody in a bad position, and we're going to make them play some half-court basketball. We're going to play some zone. That's what they're doing to us now, and we're having to learn to grind. I think the one thing is you have a great piece in Isaiah Briscoe that you can put in the middle of the zone that can score the ball and pass. So I think guys got to be able to work on their shot. And I mean, not saying fall in love with the jump shot, be able to knock down shots, but also don't don't let that be a trap where you just shoot our jump shot. Still attack, still try to find little lanes and creases where you can penetrate. Because when you, when you penetrate against guys, the defense has to help. You clear up offensive rebounds for your teams. Yeah, all, all different like situations, but you have a great person. Like we had Patrick Patterson to put in the middle of the zone that can shoot and make plays, and I feel like Isaiah Briscoe has been doing well. You know what? That's great advice for these guys. And and like I said, I'm, uh, I'm I was blessed to be able to coach you. I see your mother, and I hug her every time and tell her I love her because she trusted me with her child. And if she didn't say go play with Coach Cal, you wouldn't have come here. And the second thing is the way you were and the way you trusted me in this process, you know how I feel about you. This is not what I did for you. It's what you did for this program, for my, me and my family. And you ready for this, John? Every player that followed you, mm-hmm. and that includes the guys now, last year, the, all of them, you, DeMarcus, Eric Bledsoe, Patrick, you guys started this thing. And I'm indebted to you, and I love you. And I appreciate you, kid. Appreciate it, my man. Love you, too. You be good. Keep playing. All right, Coach. Hit me. I really enjoyed that, and I hope you did. And John's got the Washington Wizards right on that path to the playoffs and and possibly 50 wins. And now let's see where they can go. Um, I'm anxious to see Anthony and DeMarcus together and how they're performing. Um, but let me say this. I'm also worried about my team. Yes, I'm coaching a basketball team here. And we're still 
rebooting, tweaking, changing. We're trying like we do every year. We have to continue to find ways to put our players in the best positions. It's not a system that says, here's how it is. And we try to fit round pegs in square holes. No, this is our team and it's different every year. I'm loving this team. I'm loving what I'm and encouraged in what I'm seeing, but we're still not there. We are still not there. Hope you enjoyed it.